Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Um, thanks, Josh, for that great introduction and that great time of worship from Andy. Um, before we look into Ruth, I want to start by just praying for us um, and then we'll dive in. Lord, thank you that we can come before you now on this Sunday morning to worship you and learn from your word. I want to pray that as we look at this chapter of Ruth 2, that you would soften our hearts and we would learn truths of who you are and what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Would we be able to look at this story of these characters who showed real value and real um, respect for each other and would we see how that can apply to us today and Lord would you speak to us and be with us amen last week Abby also began our series on the book of Ruth which is a very short book in the Old Testament of the Bible that I think is one of the most impactful books you could read in terms of seeing just a few key stories of people who had characteristics that I think God wants for us today. By looking at chapter one, Abby introduced us to the characters of Naomi and Ruth. Naomi is an older lady, we don't know how old, who with her husband had moved when she, before she had children from Bethlehem in Judah to the country of Moab. And while in Moab, she had raised her two sons and they had gotten married. Both her husbands and two sons then died and she began a journey back to her homeland with one of her daughters-in-law a Moabite called Ruth. Ruth makes this incredible pledge that wherever Naomi goes, she will go with her. She in fact says that Naomi's God will become Ruth's God. And over chapter one, they travel back and we end chapter one with them having reached Bethlehem. I've kind of alluded to it, but the book of Ruth is one of my favorites in the Bible. And Abby did a really great job of looking at what the core relationship that I think the book is all about, Naomi and Ruth. And it underpins that. And she underpinned that kind of whole story and set it up for us. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and give that a listen, because it's really valuable to um, um, hearing the next three chapters of what we've got. As we continue and read through chapter two, we're going to be introduced to the third character in the story. We're going to read through the chapter as a whole, and then we'll just go back and look at it a little bit piece by piece. And as we do that, I want us to consider three values or behaviours that we can see in this chapter. We see the value of hard work. We see the importance of kindness. And we also have this sense of responsibility underpinning it all. Um, I'm not going to kind of split it into those three sections because I think actually all those three values, hard work, kindness and responsibility, um, are present in all of the characters in our story and all the way through the book of Ruth. Anyway, let me dive in. And this is Ruth 2 and I'm going to read the whole chapter. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field and began to glean behind the harvester. As it turns out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. And then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. 
Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained there from morning until now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. And she asked him, why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replies, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have, not put, you, have, you have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. She threshed the barley she had gathered, and it, and it amounted to about an ether. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took care of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one, the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and to the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the woman who worked for him, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and the wheat harvests were finished. And then she lived with her mother-in-law. So we started this chapter with Ruth and Naomi having just arrived in Bethlehem. They've completed their journey back to, Ruth, um, to Naomi's hometown. But without knowing exactly what will happen now, they're in a, a new place, a place that was familiar to one of them, but they haven't got a life set up. Naomi, coming back to her country of birth, might have been feeling a number of different things. She had been young when she had left. It was clear she had left with her husband, but now she was returning, having had a life where her husband and children had died. And she was returning with um, Ruth, a Moabite who had never seen this land. She's a widow, and to some extent, she's alone. In the last chapter, we see that she's become a very bitter woman. She's either 
even changed her name. And Ruth would have also been going through a lot, finding herself in a foreign land with the responsibility of looking after her aging mother-in-law. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be those two women entering Bethlehem with hopes of a better life than they would have had in Moab. However they were feeling, there were some practical things that needed to be done. And Ruth steps up to meet one of their most practical leads. Verse two says, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone who, in whose eyes I find favour. The immediate need for these women, now that they've reached their destination, is for them to find a way to eat. Ruth immediately steps up and says that she'll go and pick the grain. In Israel at the time, the very poorest in society would have opportunities to get food by following the fields of the richer people. And during harvest, the field would be harvested, but um, it's not as efficient as modern farming and lots of bits would be left and it would be very purposefully left um, so that the poorer and the most vulnerable in society could come along a bit later and just take those, those bits. It would often be the lower quality stuff. It would be the bits that the harvesters had missed. And it was one of the ways that Jewish society had created in order to allow the poorest to be fed. For Ruth, it would have meant a really early start, a long and a difficult day. Um, harvesting in probably quite extreme conditions, pretty hot, with no guarantee that she would get very much. She was very much gathering the last of what was left. It would have been incredibly hard work. But she did it because she felt she had a responsibility to her mother-in-law. She had promised her mother-in-law that she would be with her until the very end. And they had come into this land and were in desperate need of food. At the beginning of this week, um, I received a phone call that my dad had fallen off a ladder and he ended up in hospital. Um, at the time, they weren't sure if um, he'd had one break or two. Uh, they didn't think he'd hit his head, but they weren't quite sure. And they weren't sure whether he'd be in a cast or a brace or whether he'd need to have an operation. And um, because of the COVID crisis, he found himself not being able to have guests in hospital. It was quite a worrying time. And... Actually, I'd already started to think about this breach and I began to kind of maybe not understand fully what Ruth had been thinking as she thought about looking after her mother-in-law, but actually kind of think immediately, what, how do I serve these practical needs that uh, a member of my family is facing? Um, I drove down to London on Tuesday and when my dad came out of the hospital um, on Wednesday, he actually managed to do a lot of things for himself. But the one thing he really just can't do is anything to do with stairs. And it took a whole bunch of us to be able to get him up the stairs. And I wonder if for Ruth at this point, actually Naomi is a fully grown woman. She can do a lot of things for herself, but for Ruth knew that she couldn't gather the food. That was a time in her life that had passed her ability to do that. And she needed help, she needed some support. In this story, Ruth is quick to accept that responsibility. She's committed. And she responded to that responsibility by working really hard to provide for her family. And as Ruth is working in this field, Boaz enters the story. Boaz is the owner of the field. He is, seems like he's quite a wealthy man. And he's clearly the, the boss of these harvesters who are working. He sees Ruth at the back of the group and he inquires after her. He learns who she is and he sees her providing and working hard for his, her mother-in-law, Naomi. 
And he responds to that with kindness. Immediately after learning that she's with Naomi and that she'd taken on that responsibility, he offers her food, protection and friendship. He allows her to collect all the food she can gather and makes clear that she has his protection. They eat together and he even offers her a blessing. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I think this is a really incredible little prayer for both Ruth and us today. Here is Boaz, who at the beginning of the day had no idea what Ruth even looked like. It seems that he had heard about Naomi and Ruth coming into town. That's kind of mentioned. Um, but at this point, he's there kind of praying for her and blessing her. He doesn't ask God to help them survive. He asked God that she would be richly blessed, rewarded. It's a, a bold prayer asking for the abundant blessing of the Lord. In some ways, Boaz himself in later chapters comes to represent the very answer to that prayer that he prayed. Even within this chapter, he shows her kindness to allow her to take, eat and take as much food as she can. He becomes the rich blessing he's praying for. But even his kindness doesn't negate from Ruth's responsibility or the need to work hard to provide home for Naomi. After he welcomes her and feeds her, she goes back to working in the field. She has to thresh the grain and carry it back to where Naomi's staying so that she can eat. And we see that when she returns to Naomi with the fruits of her labor, there's this sense of amazement that Naomi has. There's a whole bunch of questions. I don't know if you've ever got home from doing something and a parent or a partner has kind of maybe not got, not known what was happening all day and they have like a series of questions and you're kind of answering a couple of questions and you're, you're like this makes perfect sense to me but I'm not sure um, you know and you just get overwhelmed by these questions and she hears it's Boaz that has um, provided for them and he she makes this great statement he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and dead she added that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Boaz is a part of her story and has now entered Ruth's story. It seems that Boaz was quite a close relative. Um, he was someone who had great integrity, who seems to have been known for showing kindness. It suggests, in the way that she said he has not stopped showing kindness, it suggests that that was a character trait he had from the very beginning before she even went off to Moab. This is a man who is known by that character trait. Uh, I sometimes wonder, what are the character traits that I'm known by? And as I've been looking through this story, um, it seems that they each have character traits that are really important. Boaz is clearly a kind man. He's also a responsible man. It says that he's their guardian protector, a term that kind of flows from the book of Leviticus. and means that he had a familial responsibility to look after the extended family, and in particular, those who fell upon harder times, the widows, the sick. And he was living that out. He was behaving in that way that his responsibility had placed upon him. But it does seem that there's a difference between the responsibility and the kindness. I think it's a real character trait to live responsibly and to fulfill your responsibility. But it's a separate and equally important thing to be kind. And the way that he allows her more than she needs really points to kindness. Ruth herself is a hard worker. Throughout this, she's living up to her responsibilities and she's working really hard to provide. I think 
a month or so ago, I asked when I last preached, um, I asked people to think over some of the people that you would normally see um, when COVID's not happening. So for me, that was some of the, I'm a big coffee shop lover and I spend a lot of time in coffee shops and often talking to the staff. And until four months ago, I probably saw certain people every day, not knowing them as friends, but actually having that kind of friendly relationship. And I asked everyone to think about who are those people that have suddenly disappeared from your life that maybe aren't family members, people you're getting in touch with, and just praying for them and spend a bit of time just thinking about those people and praying for them. And now I want to ask a different question. What are the character traits in yourself that maybe have fallen a little bit by the wayside during Corona? Um, what are the things that you've put to one side because you haven't needed them maybe, or you haven't had an opportunity to serve in that way? And so that's kind of the question I want to leave us with is what are the character traits that we can take from Ruth, Boaz and Naomi and this incredible story of responsibility and serving one's family? What are the character traits that we would like to see in ourselves and how can we at this time, but also as things start to reopen and get back to normal, how do we live those out? Um, another way to kind of think about this is looking at the person of Jesus and there are hundreds of character traits that represent who Jesus is. But I think actually a lot of them can be seen in some of the actions of these people. Jesus, abundantly generous. He gave his own life to save us. You've got, you know, it's weird to describe Jesus as a hard worker, but he was. He went on this incredible multi-year tour of Israel, preaching the gospel and speaking to people putting himself through incredible stress and pressure, looking after people and leading them. And so as we look at the person of these three characters, but also think about the person of Jesus, the question to kind of finish with is, how would I better want to represent those characteristics? Where can I show that and how can I live that? Um, so I'm going to pray um, and then I think we're going to pray a bit more and then we'll go into a time of worship. Our Lord, we just pray that, yeah, you would teach us from this story about what it means to be people who carry our responsibilities, people who look after those around us, and particularly those who are vulnerable or sick, poor, lonely, Lord. Lord, you so much better than us know the needs that people have. But I pray that you would be revealing to us people who we can serve, people who we can look after in so many different ways over the coming weeks. Lord, I want to pray for those who are struggling, who are in a difficult situation, that they would be like Ruth and they would go and they would seek help, Lord. Um, it's easy to remain hidden when things are tough, but actually it, it takes something to go and to really to seek that help that Boaz gave, Lord. And I pray that we would have the kindness and the generosity of Boaz to, to serve those. Lord, and I pray as, that we, as we do so and as we seek to fulfill these characteristics, Lord, that you would guide us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that it's only through the transforming work of your Holy Spirit that we are able to live out the values that you have given us the, to become more like Christ every day. So, Lord, I pray that as we go into our weeks, you would be speaking to us. You would be revealing the needy and allowing us opportunities to represent your kingdom values on earth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stephen, for that excellent message.
Um, guys, we're going to spend a few minutes now uh, really reflecting um, on, on the gospel and what, what Christianity is about. Uh, you know, maybe you've been uh, listening to uh, Stephen's message and, and, and participating in our service this morning and, and you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus. You wouldn't call yourself uh, a Christian. Um, or maybe you would call yourself a Christian listening to this uh, service now, participating in the service now. And whichever group you fall into, I'd really encourage you to just fully engage for the next two or three minutes as we just really reflect on uh, the message of Christianity and the message of Jesus. So listening to Stephen's message there, uh, you know, maybe you would listen to that as, as someone who's uh, kind of exploring Christianity and think, yeah, I can be kind. That sounds good. I can be nice. All of these things sound great and kind of the supernatural stuff at the end that Stephen was talking about. Maybe you engage less with that. But actually, as Christians and as a group of people here meeting, uh, we are uh, a supernatural people and we believe and follow a supernatural God, actually, the message of the Bible, the message of Christianity is that, uh, is that we as people have been created for a reason. We haven't uh, come to exist uh, randomly or by accident, but actually God has created us to be in his presence, to be in relationship with him. We have been created for a purpose, to be in relationship with creator God, God who created everything. Now, uh, that's pretty pretty big deal right that's that's more difficult if you're not a someone of faith to say yeah I'll go along with that um maybe maybe um the idea of being nice and being kind to people is easy but actually in Christianity we believe in a supernatural God uh, and we also believe and um, what the Bible teaches us is that uh, God is perfect God is awesome God is different to us and because we are not perfect uh, and because uh, we uh, fail to live up to this kind of responsibility of imitating God and being like God and kind of reflecting what he's like because we fail to do this which the Bible calls sin actually that creates a problem in this relationship so uh, because God is perfect and he is awesome and we are imperfect and we screw up and we all know that don't we that we screw up kind of every day and throughout our lives actually that creates kind of a divide between us and god this sin this stuff that we've done wrong kind of means that it's it it ruins this relationship between us and god our perfect creator our father and i think we can sense this can't we that actually we're not worthy to be in relationship with a perfect god by what we do and if you're a christian here today maybe that sin that stuff that uh, that might divide us from God, maybe you're like super focused on that. And that is actually um, kind of really uh, in your consciousness right now. And you're thinking, actually, my relationship with God uh, is broken because of this. So how do, we, how do we deal with this fact that God has created us to be in relationship with him, but we sin and this stuff gets in the way and divides us from God? Well, the Bible actually answers this question with Jesus. This is why Jesus Christ came to earth, not just to be a nice guy and a good teacher, because um, actually Jesus was pretty challenging and pretty hardcore if you read uh, the Bible. Actually, Jesus came to restore this broken relationship between us and God. Jesus came uh, to be the bridge between uh, us and God. Jesus, who is God, who is the Son of the Father, uh, came to earth 
And what he did when he died, this wasn't kind of a, a terrible mistake, but actually this was God's plan. It was the way in which we could be made right with God. And it's the way in which God could be glorified and reveal his grace and his mercy was through Jesus dying to pay the price for this sin, this stuff that we had done wrong that divides us from God. And so if you're a believer today and you're so focused and distracted by your sin, I want to encourage you to remember that the only thing that can make you right with God is Jesus Christ's death. It's putting all that sin on Jesus. So I want to encourage you to do that in a moment afresh. And if you're not a believer, I want to say to you, look, we believe that actually Jesus calls us to imitate him and to do good and to be good and to be like him. But primarily, Christianity is about following and believing in a supernatural God who has done a supernatural thing through Jesus dying on the cross and then being resurrected, raising from the dead, appearing to his followers and saying, hey, look, I have power over death. I'm not just a God of this lifetime, but of eternity. Um, And so that is the Jesus, that is the God that we follow as believers. He's a supernatural God. And Jesus uh, is is our King and our Savior. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray and I'm going to hand over to Andy. But I just really want to encourage you, you know, if if this is something that you don't believe yet or you're kind of considering, uh, then, then do consider it. And I'm going to invite you to close your eyes in a moment and pray with me. Uh, and also we have an alpha course, which you might be interested in. But if you are a believer, I just want to encourage you, just reflect on this afresh, this great thing that Jesus has done. Because for all of us believers, we are fully, totally dependent on Jesus Christ for our righteousness. We all uh, sin daily, we screw up daily, and we have to put that on Jesus and trust Uh, that actually he makes us right with God, with the Father. So let me pray for us before I hand over to Andy. Lord God, uh, we thank you that you, um, God, you are awesome. You are perfect. You created everything. Nothing is happening that is unexpected to you, Lord God. You are awesome. And yet you want relationship with us. You created us for a purpose, to be in your presence, to be in relationship with you, God. We don't exist for no reason, God. And we can fulfill that purpose even in lockdown as we're in now, Lord God. I just pray for each of us that you would give us fresh revelation of what it is Jesus Christ has done for us in grace and mercy and dying for us because we didn't deserve that sacrifice. Give us revelation of that. And Lord, I pray for anyone here who doesn't believe this yet, doesn't believe that you are uh, their creator and, and Jesus Uh, you want to be their king. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give people uh, insight and open people's eyes to see that you are real. You are God. Jesus, you really lived and died for them and were resurrected. Lord, we love you. Be with us now as we sing in worship together. Amen.